You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Back to the Future, in which we discuss the renewed interest in traditional food, farming, and natural resource preservation. Today, we're speaking with Jenna Shaw, granddaughter and home baker, about baking across generations. Welcome, Jenna. Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much for having me today. It's just a pleasure to have you here today, Jenna. Um, Just to get started, do you bake every week? And if you do, what's your favorite thing to bake? So I usually do try and bake every week and I like to do all my baking on Sundays for us to enjoy all week. Um, And if I had to pick one thing, my favorite thing to bake would be pies because I love rolling up pastry, getting creative with the top crust and doing different designs and techniques. Wow. And do you make your own crust? Sometimes when we hear about rolling out the crust, it's a pre-bought pie dough that you roll out in shape, or do you go right from scratch? I go right from scratch. Okay. And (laughs) where do you fit in the fat that goes in the um, uh, pie crust? Are you, some people are all about the shortening, others are all about the lard and others it's butter only. So where are you at in the continuum with pie crust? Or is that a secret? No, I was taught by my grandma to always use lard. So that's the recipe that I've been sticking with. Okay, well, that's, you know, what if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or I guess if it's delicious, keep it going. So (laughs) good idea. That's right. (laughs) Jenna, where did your love of baking come from? What's your earliest memories? I'd have to give my credit to my grandma for this passion. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, grandma taught me how to bake uh, a variety of different things. And she is the best and most patient teacher. I think it also stems from how much she loves to bake and her enthusiasm. Oh, what's the most wonderful thing that your grandma makes that you have really enjoyed baking with her or wanted to make for yourself? I love her famous buns. Okay. They would have to be my favorite. They're famous. They must be delicious and probably special occasions that they have a lot of happy memories associated with. That just sounds fantastic. And are there special times of year that you would bake with your grandparents? Jenna, you had mentioned your grandma. Um, Listeners may have many um, family members that they're baking with across generations. And what did you like to bake together? So uh, grandma and I usually pick a day before Uh, family gathering for like Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, any of the holidays. And one of the specialty items that we always bake is grandma's famous buns. So we always get together and make those. And then we also do a sweet tray at Christmas. Um, And it's filled with everyone's favorite squares, cookies or treats. And if we're lucky, grandma will have some leftovers and freeze them away for Easter. Oh, what a plan. So it's part of all of your family's celebrations then that you um, you had said you pick a day before whenever a big uh, gathering is coming. So that must just be part of your anticipation, looking forward to the great times of year and also knowing that you're contributing something special that everyone thinks is delicious. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I think everyone looks forward to those. I bet. And I'm sure that your grandma does as well. And Jenna, what's one of the best tips that you've ever received from your grandma about home baking? I know you said one, but I actually have two. Um, So the first being an eyeball. So she taught me to always eyeball things and just, if it looks right, put it in. 
Um, I love this tip because it minimizes the amount of dishes and cleanup to do, it makes every dish taste slightly different. And then my second one is nothing goes to waste. So for example, um, when you're making a meringue or an angel food cake, the recipe only calls for the whites of the eggs and not the yolks, but a pound cake calls for the opposite. So if you save that, then you can always use them again for the other dish. Wow, those are real expert tips because usually with baking, you hear measure everything. It's definite science. <laughs> Cooking, it can be anything goes. So I guess when you're an expert baker like your grandma and now you are, that you can eyeball it and you know exactly when that batter is as moist as it's supposed to be or when there's enough chocolate chips or whatever it is in it. Very, very good tip. So eyeball it and nothing goes to waste. And I agree that sometimes um, when we have recipe books or we're watching a show or finding something online, we only have either the white or the yolk. There's lots of delicious mousses and many amazing things to do with eggs that um, you're sort of left, well, what do I do now? So seek out what you can use with the item that isn't called for in the recipe. And then you get something else that's delicious too. So that's really, really great. Jenna, it's a really fast paced world now and lots of internet and lots of screen time. How does home baking with grandma or a great auntie or someone across generations in um, any listener's family fit into this fast paced world? Uh, living in such a fast paced world where it is practically taught that time is money, I think making time for the things that you love most is so important. Um, family time is such a time to be cherished and there's no better way to do it than to spend it together baking and of course indulging after. Well, what a great message for us all to hear in these very, very busy times that although time is money and it's important to make an investment in food that you love and the process and as you say, enjoying it with your loved ones. And why is it important for people to learn traditional family recipes and the ways their families have been baking things for generations? It is important to learn family recipes for many reasons. I think that family recipes carry part of your family's heritage. It also keeps everyone happy at family gatherings when their favorite baked goods and treats are in attendance. Uh, family recipes are usually different from recipes you find on the internet or recipe book. So it can also make it more meaningful and special when someone compliments it and you can give credit to whoever's in the family that it was. You know what? That's right. Usually in a recipe book, you'll see, um, you know, whatever measurement of flour or of sugar or what have you. And when you're learning from a family member, there's some inside scoop, only get this kind of flour. Or if the dough starts to look like this with that flour, then add a little bit of this. There's some of those anecdotes that come up. So it's really, really great to know that there's knowledge that we can still seek out across our generations. Not everything's on the internet and in <laughs> After the break, we'll focus on baking with the next generation with expert Jenna Shaw, granddaughter and home baker. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back. I'm Peggy O'Neill. You're listening to Food for the Future. Jenna Shaw, granddaughter and home baker today, shares her expertise on the next generation of baking at home. Jenna, before the break, we talked about where your love from home baking came from and why it's still important today in this really busy world to keep home baking across generations. And how is learning to bake from a grandparent different than finding ideas online? 
It is different for many reasons, Peggy, one of them being the connection and bonding that is spent during that time together. When you learn to bake from a grandparent, you learn the secrets of which ingredients you can substitute, which to not substitute with, and how your dough or your batter is supposed to look like and the secrets to perfecting it. Although finding recipes online are certainly great and you can find a recipe for everything and anything, it is the connection and bond that is just not there that you don't always have. And you also don't have that question box to get an answer right away either when you're unsure of something. So I always remember when I, I'm baking a bread or buns or something, like the proper technique and kneading and when the bread or the buns have risen enough from just from grandma teaching me that and not from reading it online. Okay. And it's back to that sort of eyeball tip that you gave us before break that you really got to watch what it is you're working with and what are the ingredients doing when they're interacting with each other. And uh, if, if time comes for a substitution, what's to do. And I love the comment that you had said that um, certainly we can find information elsewhere, but there's this special connection and this wonderful time together when you cook or bake, excuse me, across generations. And how does someone get started, Jenna? What are some of the basic tools that you think people need today that are the same from your grandmother's era? A lot of the basic tools needed today that were the same from, I guess, our grandparents' era are things like canning jars or mason jars, a lot of fruit processors or baking dishes like cake pans, muffin tins, pie plates. One of my favorite gifts ever received actually from my grandma is a pie plate um, that had been passed down. So, Oh, and that makes the process so much more interesting. You've been talking a lot about um, the traditional way of putting foods together, about the bond that you create when you're working with your grandma, but it could be an older aunt or just someone in another generation in your family. But to be using some of the very pie plates that were used when, you know, they were doing the barn raising or when families came over from another part of the world or whatever it is, it just makes, there's no way that the food's not going to taste amazing when you're creating <laughs> it in that context. That's some really, really great tips. And we know that home baking makes the house smell really good. And as you had mentioned before, it really tastes delicious. Are there other benefits of baking with an older loved one? Of course, the taste of home baking is definitely one of the benefits, but I think another benefit is the stories and the history of the dish and the and what comes with it. Um, stories about how they had to swap an ingredient for when they had in their cupboard because it was either hard to come by then or whatever the case may be. Um, and how just how it turned out, whether it was an epic fail or that it's the secret ingredient to the dish now, but just a story or event that came up with it, um, you know, if, for example, if it was forgotten about and so badly burnt that it was unidentifiable, it's these moments and tales that are then always acknowledged and remember when you're recreating that. And you remember, oh, remember when you burnt the cookies or when, you know, we added this and now that's how we make it. We don't even <laughs> add the ingredient that we were missing because we love our new uh, ingenious substitution so much more. So Janet, you've been talking a lot about uh, family traditions and I'm wondering if there are any recipes that there was disagreement on in your family um, in terms of whether one ingredient was better than the other or were there sort of rival ideas in some of the things that you bake from maybe different great-grandmothers or um, maybe your 
dad's mom relative to your mom's mom? Any, any dishes that there is some debate in terms of um, what the final product actually looks like and tastes as? One that I can think of off the top of my head is I remember there's one Christmas where we thought we had switched flour, like original all-purpose flour, for whole wheat, and that did not go over well with the crowd. <laughs> the family was, don't change our ingredients on the family favorites. <laughs> I, I know that um, my mom makes um, shortbreads over the holidays in two different ways. One with the brown sugar and just very, very simple from her Scottish grandmother's uh, past, uh, flour, brown sugar, butter, that's it. And then there's another version of shortbread. They're completely different. And yet um, they're both family traditional um, ingredients. So it's, it's very, very interesting to look back and see where things have come from. And it's great that we can still get so many ingredients today and that there's so many different people across Canada from many parts of the world being able to do the same thing, which then we all get to benefit from because we get to see them um, when we're connecting in with neighbors or um, new family members or loved ones in our community. I'm thinking, Jenna, about uh, when Darina Allen was on the show and she's from the Bally Malow Cookery School in County Cork, Ireland. And one of the things that she became really interested in is that the collections of handwritten family recipes were all kept in one spot and that they were versions of family manuscripts. And you think that they were, if we didn't have the internet, we wrote down everything that we made, we could probably have a hundred recipes, which is almost what a cookbook is comprised of um, these days. So I'm wondering, have you started your family's recipe manuscript? I have to admit, I have not, mostly because I still rely a lot on my grandma if I have a baking question. Um, so I always just give her a call and say, oh, quick, do you have a second to explain this to me or that? But I really should get started on that. And so it's ready for me to pass down to mine. That sounds really, really great. And when you look forward, Jenna, to having your own children, what recipes and skills do you hope that your mom, their grandma, will pass down to them? I hope my mom passes down a lot of the same things that her mom has passed on to me and my cousins. Um, the imagination and magic of seeing the mixture and the batter form into something so yummy and something that every child recognizes. I think a lot of children know that what cookies and cakes and most baked goods look like, but they don't always know the ingredients or the process or how they become those delicious foods that we all enjoy. Wonderful. And is there a particular recipe or dish that you absolutely love that you really want to be sure that she passes down? It would have to be her cherry cheesecake. Famous, famous in the family and definitely something to carry forward. I can understand cherry cheesecake sounds delicious. And I'm wondering, Jenna, we're out of time and I could talk to you all day because it's just so um, endearing to hear um, about connecting across the generations and baking together and all the wonderful things that only a granddaughter and home baker could really share with us in an interview today. I'm wondering, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with listeners about baking at home across generations? I would say just use ingredients that are ready and available to you. You don't have to use always exactly what the recipe calls for. Don't be afraid to use whatever is in your cupboard. And the second thing would be to use what's in season always. 
and really take advantage of that. But don't be afraid to use frozen fruits or pie crusts, for example, or just anything like that. Great idea. So um, local, seasonal, put some emphasis in our lives when we're waiting for the first strawberries or waiting for um, the apples or whatever it is, or if it's, you know, in the winter when the first um, uh, Cara Cara oranges become available, that is something really to look forward to. And I like your idea about not being afraid to use frozen ingredients, if that's what's around and available, and in many parts of um, the world, in Canada, particularly, and certain across seasons that a delicious blueberry pie, a delicious cherry pie can still be made from frozen. And so don't let some um, barriers uh, keep you from cooking across the generations. Really, really great advice, Jenna. And our conversation today has left me with so much hope and happiness. And I love the possibilities of home baking across the generations. And thank you very much for inspiring us all. Thank you very much, Peggy, for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. You're very, very welcome, Jenna, and happy baking. <laughs> Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about intergenerational baking with Jenna Shaw, granddaughter and home baker. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, what would you like to bake at home? Something to do, gather your relatives and bake your family's traditional favorites. Next week on the show, we return to the monthly series Food for Thought, in which we discuss big ideas about food in order to raise the conversation level and find the way forward together. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.